you're here. Welcome to Disney Girls, the podcast. The podcast. The Warped Tour. Yeah, the that's, podcast. What, that's our name. <laughs> the Warped Tour. Couldn't wait for the summer and the Warped Tour. Oh, no. No, it's the last year. Fell in love with a girl at the rock show. What? Oh, sorry. It's the last year of Warped Tour. <laughs> I know. I'm not I'm like sad, but like I'm not gonna go. Oh my so like, god, clearly you should I'm come not with that us. sad. Uh, when is it? July? July. Um, maybe. Maybe. I think there's one in Actually maybe. There's one on a Saturday and one on a Sunday, and I think we're going to both because we have no self control. I would have to look at the lineup and see if it's worth it. It comes out tomorrow. Okay, so we'll see. Tomorrow was March 1st, and today is... The last few years, it's all just been bands that I've never heard of anymore or don't really listen to. Yeah. It hasn't been, like, my bands in a long time, so... Oh. But one, every once in a while, and, like, Less Than Jake pretty much always plays because they, they'll play anywhere yeah. for any <laughs> for any reason, for any amount of money, <laughs> so... Yeah. I would like to see them. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I... Oh, I've seen a tentative lineup somewhere. Not something we need to get into right now. All right, I'll have to look. Um, so they post it tomorrow? Uh, yeah, the lineup comes out tomorrow. I actually forgot about that, so. I'm sure I'll see it online. Yeah. Um, so this is Disney Girls Podcast, and we're a podcast of... Not Warp Tour Podcast. Not a Warp Tour Podcast. <laughs> we could do that. That's what we the could. pop punk cast was supposed to be. We could just, like, each episode talk about a different fam that's on the lineup as the countdown to Warp Tour, and then go to Warp Tour, and then report back on... The Warp Tour. ...what we experienced. Trip recap. The Warp Tour. Yeah. And then maybe, like, talk about history, the history of Warp Tour. Oh, uh, yeah. And then it, we'd run out of things to talk about. And it well, be- no, because what you could do is you could do the history and then you could talk about the lineups from, like, every year that it ever existed. Like, you could probably keep going for a while. We could do this. It might not be that we don't have time for a while, but... We don't have time for <laughs> no, our podcast. <laughs> this podcast that we love dearly. Yeah, we don't have time for that nonsense. No, but... We're... <laughs> this is us. This is... Anyway. Yes. Um... I have... If this is your first time listening, I promise we do talk about Disney. We talk about Disney most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's Disney and Bahama Breeze. Oh, God. And sometimes, sometimes other Sometimes Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And Cats. Yes. And um, Cats. Oh, I have some... You you said you don't have any moves, or you have some? I was... I looked up the moves, um... Please share your moves, and then I have personal moves. Okay. I just wanted to talk about... So I sent this to you on Instagram, but it's the cutest thing in the whole world, so I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. <gasps> but um, <laughs> last week, um, a baby hippo was born at Disney's Animal Kingdom. He was... And they announced the gender yeah. and the name, and he's a boy, and his name is Augustus. Which is the best name and for anything the ever. thing in the whole world. I know. Everything should be named Augustus. Oh my god, I know. And he's so cute and small, and he just follows his mama around. around. You gotta watch it. He's He's so cute. You gotta watch this little video of the announcement of Augustus. um, They posted it on the Disney Parks blog Instagram. That's where I found it. Um, 
I'm sure you could just Google like Baby Augustus Disney Animal Kingdom if you don't follow Disney Parks blog and you can probably find it that way as well. And I highly recommend because it will brighten your day no matter how unhappy your day has been. (laughs) Now I'm thinking about him. That's my move. You know, he's so cute. I just watched the video as I talked about it because I just wanted to watch it again because he's so cute. Um, (laughs) I looked up Moose. That's the most important Moose. You looked up Moose. Yeah, that was my favorite Moose. Is Augustus. But, um, so Mm -hmm. I'm a member of D23, if you didn't know. Um, Heck yeah. And so each quarter when you're met, that's going to be so loud on the mic. I'm really sorry, everyone. Each quarter when, um... You, uh, you get a new magazine each quarter. So this one's about Frozen the Musical, but I got it today, by the way. Frozen the Musical, but in the back, awesome. I got, it has a little thing in it. I'm like, what the heck is this? And it says, dear D23 gold member, enjoy a movie on us. You've been randomly selected to receive a complimentary pair of tickets to an upcoming Disney movie of your choice, such as Marvel's... <gasps> Uh, Marvel Studios Black Panther in theaters February 16th or <gasps> Disney's A Wrinkle of Time in theaters March, tw- March 9th. Oh. Um, as you may oh know, my God. Uh, D23 hosts screenings of upcoming Disney movies for our members in select cities around the country because we aren't able to visit every city. We hope these tickets allow you to enjoy a movie on us in your hometown. Thank you for being a D23 Gold member. We hope you enjoy the movie and enjoy and continue to enjoy being a member of D23. That's the D23 That's team. That's so cool. Right? So, oh my god. We'll have That's to go, amazing. We'll have to go on um, a friend date and go see A Wrinkle in Time or something. For free. Absolutely. And maybe get dinner at Bahama Yes. Breeze. We'll have to go down there <laughs> on like oh my a god, Sunday yes. or something. Yeah, whenever. We'll figure it out. Wrinkle in Time comes oh my God, out March yes. 9th, so we can do it after I get back from Italy. Yes, but that, oh my God, A Wrinkle in Time looks so I good. Know. That cast is amazing, Oprah. and I love that story, <laughs> and I cannot wait to see that I movie. Know. Also, I'm recording in my Disneyland spirit jersey. Awesome. <laughs> she brought me so I'm wearing much a Coors stuff. Light t-shirt <laughs> that I got at, at a trivia night. <laughs> That's awesome. At Iron Bar. Uh, I like actually tried. It's for work very classy. Today. That's awesome. I, 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 I wear jeans. I, to work I didn't wear this days. to work. Let me be clear. <laughs> I changed when I got. I home. changed when I got home. I probably could have worn this. I'm wearing <laughs> leggings too, but I couldn't have worn those. But you know. Yeah. You would three hours. <laughs> you would two hours in between getting home and when we started recording. So. Yes, because I did not go to the gym today because I am a loaf, but who cares? Oh my god, I'm such a loaf. It's fine. I ate an entire box of mac and cheese, Ugh. and I watched Gilmore Girls. That's awesome. Did you watch Inside Out? <laughs> oh no. You should watch not. it and report back in the next episode. <gasps> Maybe. I'll, yeah, no, I'll definitely watch it. I'll definitely watch it either tomorrow or... John's away again the week of the 12th, so I'll have that whole week okay. by myself also. Pretty much I live alone now. Oh. I keep saying, why can't I get a cat now? You don't even live here. What does it matter to you? You should continue <laughs> to say that until he... I am. Well, no, Jackie, what you do... I was guilting the crap out of him the other day, let me tell you. What you do <laughs> is just bring a cat home when he's not there. He'll never notice it. I know. 
He'll never know. That's what I was thinking. He'd be so... I don't know. It be, might happen. He's a boy. He's unaware of most things. That's true. He's unaware of everything. Yeah. I could totally bring a cat um, here. He'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> uh, I have, I'll do a quick overview of some moves. Um, okay. Flowering Garden started today. Today is February 28th. So that's cool. Um, next mm-hmm. episode or two episodes from now, I'll have to do an overview of food. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, next week, spoiler alert, we're doing a coast to coast recap with my sister because she went to Disneyland last weekend and is going to Disney World this weekend for work. Which, what we're saying is a little skewed because I'm not posting this until a week oh, after we true. recorded. And then, and then the one after that's going to be like two weeks later. Yeah. So. I'm going, I'm leaving the country. So like we're trying to pre-record like all the cool people do mm-hmm. and try to be responsible podcast people. Yeah. Um, uh, more moves. They released the Magic Band designs for March. Um, there's going to be an Animal Kingdom 20th anniversary Star Wars and a purple wall themed Magic Band for some reason. Interesting. I don't know why. Oh, also, um, the last day for the Redhead was sa- Sunday at Disney World in Pirates, awesome. which is good. We're ready to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scanning through real quick. Sorry, guys. Uh, tiered pricing coming soon for multiple day tickets, according to the Disney CEO. Why? Why can't it just be easy to buy tickets to this park? <laughs> it's so hard. I know. Um. Sorry, guys, I did a real... Oh, um, there was a multi-year expansion announced for Disneyland Paris, including a Star Wars section, a Marvel section, and a Frozen section. <laughs> Literally, me and Meredith's favorite things. All of our favorite things. <laughs> I'm not mad about the Just Frozen. all the things that we love. I know. I'm not mad about the Frozen section. I, I think that's going to be no, really but cool. But we always complain about Frozen and Epcot, so it's just funny that that was, you know. I, <laughs> me, complains about Frozen. Also, me, enters the Frozen lottery every day to win tickets to the show. Really? Yes. I, it's, it does it <laughs> automatically. You sign up. I think um, my last day is Saturday, and then I have to go back in and re-enter for all the days I want to enter for, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Uh so I've been entering. They released tickets for tonight's show this morning, but the cheapest one was seventy six. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm going yeah, no. next week. Um, um Oh, oh, I have a PSA, but this isn't coming out till next week. Uh so a woman was running the Disney Marathon and her daughter died a couple months ago and she lost her necklace with the daughter's ashes in it. In the oh, Magic yeah, Kingdom parking lot. So if you come across that, please bring it to Lost and Found because this woman wants her necklace back. Hopefully someone finds it since this may be outdated. <laughs> By this yeah, time. hopefully someone finds it before yeah. we post this. <laughs> um, guests from Spain and Colorado and the, the races. Um, 
two new series coming to Disney Channel. Uh, Black Panther's doing really well. Yeah, I've heard amazing things. I can't wait to see it. John and I talked about going to see it. I know. I'm just not a superhero person. Yeah. Uh, I usually am. It just depends. Yeah. Um, But this looks good. This is different. Like, they're... I feel like they they haven't made a new superhero movie in a while. They just keep remaking old ones, like new X-Men or, like, redoing Spider-Man or, like, all of the, like, Avengers stuff and then, like, Same. doing Guardians of the Galaxy. And, like, they, they haven't done, like, a really new superhero that they haven't done a movie about in a long time. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Oh, Augustus. I just saw the news about Augustus. Augustus. Um. <laughs> Oh, this is great news, Jackie. Um, so my cousin, I have three younger cousins. Um, they're all in college. And my cousin found out yesterday that she got into the college program for the fall. <gasps> oh my God, that's so exciting. So um, she's not sure if she's going to do it yet. She has seven days to reply. So she'll know by the time mm-hmm. this goes out. Um, our, Why wouldn't she do it? Her brother's getting married in October. So what? So she she's in the wedding. She's a <laughs> bridesmaid. So Shh, Disney's more important. Sorry, your marriage won't last. Oh my god, I'm just kidding. Oh my sorry, god, please so don't say that. I love I love his um, fiance. She's I'm awesome. So sorry, it's it's okay. They won't listen. I'm so sorry. I just love Disney so much. I know. So I'm like, if she goes, I want to go for my birthday, and I want to go for Halloween. And I want to go for yes. the first week of December for Christmas. Yes. I have no self-control. I want to go. Like, she's going to be there. Like, I just want to go say hey. Also, Disney. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Matt, let's go for my birthday. He's like, I don't think I can. So I'm like, solo trip. Um, I'll come with you. Okay. We'll choose a date. Um, And then... I have a bunch of vacation time I have to use before Ooh. September. And John and I were going to go to L.A. in May, but I'm not sure if we can now because of his new job that he's finding out this week, so I might still have all that extra time. And even if we go that week, I have two weeks vacation, and that's only one. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we should plan, even if it's just like a four-day weekend um, around my birthday. I think my We should bir- seriously do that. I think my birthday, that would be so much fun. I think my birthday's a Tuesday. Let's do it. I'll go without John. He keeps going away without me. I know. My birthday is a Tuesday. We could go. I'd say we go the 24th to the 27th or something. Or like fly the 23rd and stay to and fly back out the 27th. The 23rd of August is a Thursday. We could fly in that night. um, Yeah. And then leave the night of the 27th because all the Florida kids will be back in school. Or right. we postpone it yeah, and go, like, the 30th to the 3rd. Oh, the 3rd is Labor Day. We'd have to go the weekend after that. Mm, yeah. It would be better to go. It would. We'll either go the, hmm. We'll, we'll talk about it. Not here. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but, yeah, she got into the um, college program. I'm so excited for her. She's um, doing merchandising. And she wants to work mm-hmm. in the parks. She's merchandising in the parks. So she's a happy camper. That's cool. If she goes. 
No pressure, Molly. I was like, so what kind of perks? What kind of perks do I get <laughs> if you do it? I was like, do I get anything discounted? Do you get a discount? Uh, she would get a. She gets discount. I don't think we. I'd get like free tickets. Yeah, but like maybe you get a discount at, at like tickets. the shops or something, or and like family discount. I don't know, and we could probably stay on property. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, I'm just I'm scrolling through moves, but. That's um that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah, so that was good. That's the good moves. job. How far in are we? <laughs> Twenty minutes in. Uh, it's like sixteen minutes. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> we can get started. Oh. Hi. So it's gonna be a long episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so guys, um we are doing a attractions archive this week. Really my favorite episodes I know. are these. I love doing them. Me too. Hold on. Uh, so we decided Sorry. we're going to do a um, attraction archive mountain series. So we're going to cover Splash Mountain and Space Mountain today. And then we're going to do another one that's Big Thunder and um, what was the other we one? Do Seven Dwarfs Mine Seven Train. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We could do, I think we should call it Magic Mountains. Like that should be the Magic title of the series, and we could do Magic Kingdom ones, because I was like, oh, like, what if I did Everest instead of Seven Dwarfs next week? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, like, two times from we'll now. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we have time, so. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do that. But, yes. So, I know we've talked Splash Mountain to death, but I'm going to beat it into the ground now and tell you everything about it. Um, I... <laughs> Did not do the best research. I'm going to be honest with you guys. That's okay. So, I can um, go I pretty much first. copied and pasted everything from Wikipedia. I did so that too. No, no big deal. I did that too, but there's not a ton <laughs> of information on Space Mountain. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't find a ton. Like, it was a short article. I only have four pages of notes. Okay. So. That's fine. Yeah. That's good. Then it won't be the longest episode, episode of all ever. time. It'll just be Since long like normal. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I can go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, I had spa- I did Space Mountain because I like Space Mountain. <laughs> but um, Space Mountain is a space-themed indoor roller coaster attraction located five of the seven, five of the six, yes, five of the six Magic Kingdom-style Disney parks. Um, mm-hmm. although all five of these attractions are different in nature, all have a similar, that like classic, classic domed exterior that we all know and love, um, <laughs> that is a landmark for the parks. Um, the original Space Mountain Coaster opened in 1975 at Disney World in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. and every other park has it except for Shanghai Disney. Um, they have the Tron Coaster instead. Which we're also right. getting. Which we're getting, yes. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Um, the Space Mountain concept was a descendant of the first Disney mountain attraction, the Matterhorn Bobsleds at Disneyland, which opened in 1959. Um, the Matterhorn success convinced Walt Disney that thrilling, lives, thr- <laughs> thrilling rides did have a place in the parks. Um, Walt Disney Engineering... Um, partnered with Arrow Development Company, the same company that helped to design the modern, the Matterhorn's roller coaster system. 
The initial concept was to have four separate tracks, but the technology available at the time, combined with the amount of space required versus what was available within Disneyland Park, made such a design impossible. Um, Walt Disney's death in December 1966 and the new emphasis on preparing for the newly announced um, Disney World project forced and um, uh, oh my god <laughs> imagineering I'm like what is I, my brain is not working <laughs> guys I'm sorry I stared at a computer all day and now I'm staring uh, at it yeah again. same <laughs> so like you know my brain it's not working we need to get those glasses that protect your eyes from screens i'm you know? thinking i should probably get i really them. need those they just don't make any frames that are cute like that i like yeah they that's all the like, only reason i haven't gotten them yet i feel like they're all like my grandpa's glasses shaped no shade yes. poppy yes they're all very like hipster masculine yeah i mean which is not my thing i'm not masculine no no but um Walt Disney died in December 1966, and the new emphasis on preparing for Walt Disney World forced Imagineering to put aside um, the idea of Space Mountain indefinitely. Um, When the Magic Kingdom became such a success, um, teens and young adults were a big group of people that were coming to the parks, and it prompted Imagineering to begin planning thrill rides for the new park shortly after its opening in 1971. a new Matterhorn bobsleds attraction was considered, but it wouldn't fit within the Fantasyland parameters. Um, ultimately, designers returned to the idea of Space Mountain. The Magic Kingdom Tomorrowland had the right amount of available space, and the technology had improved significantly since initial design phase. Um, however, it was decided the mountain would be built outside of the park on the opposite side of the train tracks that act as the perimeter of the park. Um, to help cover the cost of developing and building Space Mountain, um, the CEO of Walt Disney Productions, Card Walker, convinced um, RCA Chairman... Ooh, that was a terrible pronunciation. Chairman. <laughs> chairman. It's a man He's that's a man made a of chair. chairs. It's Slughorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, like Slughorn. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, nice Harry Potter reference. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. My mom is re-listening <laughs> to the books on our Alexa. Awesome. Um, uh, RCA chairman, chairman, Robert Sarnoff, 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 <laughs> to sponsor Sarnoff? the new attraction. Um, RCA was contracted by Disney to provide the communications hardware for Walt Disney World, um, and their contract stated that if Disney presented an attraction of interest... RCA would provide $10 million to support it. Space Mountain um, was built and opened on January 15th, 1975. Um, The success of Walt Disney World's Space Mountain prompted designers to revisit the original plan to build one for Disney World. Um, After two years of construction, the $20 million million complex opened on May 27th, 1977, including a roller coaster, a 1,100-seat space stage, um, a 670-seat space place, um, food, fast-food restaurant, and the Starcade. Um, space Mountain at Disneyland was designed by Bill Watkins, or Watkins? Watkins. Of Watkins. Imagineering. Watkins. Watkins. <laughs> Bill Watkins. Um, 
Bale wagons <laughs> at your service. He, including the tubular steel track. The track layout was different from that in Florida because of space limitations in the California park. Um, space Mountain at Tokyo Disneyland opened with the park on April 15th, 1983. It was the first version of Space Mountain to open co- concurrently with the park. From its opening in 1983 until late 2006, Tokyo Disneyland Space Mountain was almost an exact clone of Disneyland Space Mountain. I thought it was Disney World Space Mountain. I think this Wikipedia article yeah. may be incorrect. I think it's Disney World. Yeah, you know, it's Wikipedia. I know. <laughs> the ride um, in Tokyo was redesigned to have a more sci-fi futuristic look to it with new effects and a new spaceport which featured a futuristic sh- spaceship hanging from the ceiling. Um, like its Walt Disney World counterpart, there is no ride audio to the seats. The best one... The version at Disneyland Paris opened on June 1st, 1995, three years after the opening of the park. It was originally called De la Terre a la Lune. Maybe. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Oh, good. I did a good job, Mom. (laughs) Yeah, really, really good. Uh, um, It was designed (laughs) that. Mom, help. That thing, <laughs> La Lune, we'll call it La Lune, um, was designed as a view on space travel from a Jules Byrne era perspective based on the novel From the Earth to the Moon. The track is significantly different from the other four as it's the only one to include a launch and three inversions. It has a sidewinder, a corkscrew, and a horseshoe. It underwent modifications in 2005 and became Space Mountain Mission 2. The journey was slightly different to the first as it took riders beyond the moon to the very edge of the universe. In 2015, the ride closed for yet another refurbishment and reopened um, in August 2015. The ride also closed in 2017 and in January 2017, sorry, and was replaced with Star Wars Hyperspace Mountain for some reason on May 7th. Mission 2 will return later this year. So, Mm -hmm. um... Don't know why everything has to be Star Wars themed. I know. Because Star Wars is like the hugest franchise that ever existed. I know. It's really unfortunate. And it's just growing now. Yeah. Shh. Calm down. Good for you Star Wars fans. Yeah. Because I know there's many of you. So not, good for you. Not I. I'm, I'm okay with Harry Potter continuing forever and ever. Well, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can get behind it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, I needed a sip of water. This is a rough one. (laughs) Hyperspace Mountain. I'm still talking about Space Mountain, guys. Hyperspace Mountain (laughs) at Hong Kong Disneyland is based on the refurbished Space Mountain at Disneyland with a similar soundtrack and the same layout. It also features new show elements not presented in the refurbished California version, such as a hyperspeed tunnel. Unlike most Space Mountains, the boarding area for the attraction is quite small. Hold on, I think someone's calling me. Uh-oh. We can't I know, stop we can't the pop. podcast. Did someone call me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't think anyone called me. Sorry, guys. Okay, good. I never paused. <laughs> um, <laughs> good. <laughs> so you all get to hear that. 
I swear. I, I can always edit stuff out later, but if if the tracks are off, it will take me days. Yeah, you're take good. Them back together. I don't know what that was. If someone really needed me, they could come up here. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, maybe it was a ghost. I've been listening to a lot of ghost podcasts recently. It probably was a ghost. I mean, did anyone Usually text is. me? No, but I have a shipment being ordered. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Let me, anyway. I don't even know what I read. Um, unlike most Space Mountains, <laughs> the boarding area at Hong Kong Disneyland um, is quite small. Like pupper. Small. Um, not present. <laughs> not present is a space station of its two most similar counterparts. Wait, what? Not present is a space station. Um, theme of the queue, like its counterparts at Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland. That was written really weird. Instead, <laughs> a dark queue featuring neon earth-toned colored planets, along with star patterns, decorate the area. Lining the walls that of the station, cool. I know, are colored neon light bars that are used for both lighting and decoration. Screenwriter Max Landis wrote a feature film based on the Space Mountain attraction, which was developed for a short time at Disney. The film was based on a 1950s retro future. The idea of the future wouldn't contain the internet or cell phones, but be powered by many large contraptions and robots. One key plot point of the film integrated the idea of people getting sent into hyperspace, but when returning, they would realize their soul had gone missing from their body, and they would eventually transform into terrifying monsters. The film was ultimately oh. scrapped. Why? That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm a little terrified, not gonna lie. I was like, so <laughs> little weird, and really has nothing That's to do with Space Mountain. I like bizarre and creepy movies, so I would love that. <laughs> I understand. Um, <laughs> the Space Mountain building featured was featured as an Easter egg in the Disney family Meet the Robinsons and Tomorrowland. Meet the Robinsons is on Netflix, I believe. So I'm going to rewatch it and find that Easter egg. Cool. Um, I have some Space Mountain facts for interested. Um, that was Absolutely. my whole spiel on the space wow that's really not much but yeah really there was like not it, i found mm. it so bizarre that there wasn't more like i guess it's not like there's not that much to it's not it. like there's like a backstory yeah like exactly. a lot i feel or like, like a, a sordid history like splash mouth yeah <laughs> how is yours a lot i'm really excited to hear it mine's not like a crazy amount but it's like i think i have like eight pages of notes Ooh, okay well let me whiz through this i'll spe speed into hyperspace and finish this up um <laughs> magic kingdom space mountain closed for a major refurb in 2009 um some of the changes included replacing some of the track placing a ceiling above the loading area um interactive games and new space rocket ride cars stereophonic music was also added to the ride i don't know what that is um nope the during the refurbishment the post show was also changed to feature baggage claim a lost and found and more um space mountain was taken space mountain at disneyland um was taken over by star wars and transformed into hyperspace mountain in 2015 
The temporary change features um, an X-Wing star fighter battle. I believe this is gone, though. But this article may have just been old. Yeah. <laughs> um, spe- uh, Magic Kingdom's Space Mountain's logo, Starport 75, is a clever nod to the year the attraction opened. Um, uh, there is a robot dog in the post-show of Magic Kingdom because RCA's mascot was a robot dog and he is still there which makes me happy that's really cool he has dogs yes um it has doggo yes famous astronaut he may be roboto but he is also doggo yes they are one and the same (laughs) (laughs) the worst part about my job is that I never see dogs anymore me either but my boss like has a dog that she loves and she'll like always send us pictures of her dog and the other day was his second birthday and she sent us like a calendar invite through all of our emails that was um joey's birthday that's his name and a picture of him from last year on his birthday it was really cute that's so cute (laughs) i know that's so nice yeah my boss has a really cute doggo oh i know nothing about it i don't I don't know what his name is. I, I need to ask. Um, <laughs> well, but. I follow my boss's dog on Instagram. Like, he has his own Instagram. That's amazing. So, <laughs> I see him a lot. <laughs> oh. Not in person, unfortunately. Let me, let me text my mother and make sure we're good. <laughs> Did someone oh, no. call for me? Because I thought I heard it again. Oh, anyway. Um, at... Um, the Disneyland Paris grand opening of Space Mountain, <laughs> jumping right back in, um, Good. Buzz Aldrin back made an appearance. Um, the real Buzz Aldrin? Yes. The famous astronaut Buzz mm. Aldrin. Okay. No one calls me, so I'm going insane. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, every Halloween since 2009, Disneyland Space Mountain has an overlay featuring an angry space ghost trying to cause mayhem for riders. The overlay is really? called Ghost Galaxy, yes. That's so cool, Disney, I didn't know that. We should go to Disneyland in October. Yes. Because <laughs> Haunted Mansion Holiday and this. I know. Yeah. Goes, goes to Disneyland, goes to Disney World one month, then Disneyland the next. <laughs> whatever it's fine john and i are planning on going to disney and universal again in november possibly so oh i'll just God. do all of them all at the same time it's fine it's fine um mm-hmm. i have some more fun facts mm-hmm. um disney hired astronaut gordon cooper as a creative consultant when disneyland started working on their version of the ride they called in this guy who was on mercury 9 and gemini 5 as a creative consultant, Space Mountain is as close as you can safely get to um, get to actually being in space. He later claimed that looked weird. Um, the ride costs more to build than the entirety of Disneyland Park. Um, by the time Disneyland officially opened on July 17, 1955, the final price tag was $17 million. 20 years later, the Jeez. construction of Space Mountain cost $18 million including the arcade oh, and the Atlanta. amphitheater. So this one thing costs more to build than 
the entire park, which is my favorite fun yeah, fact. Yeah, that's insane. Um, another cool fun fact is that Space Mountain was the world's first computer-controlled roller coaster. Imagineers, wow, I didn't know I that. I know. Imagineers used computers to create the path of each track, making the ride feel as much like flight as possible. The innovation wasn't limited to just the design phase. It also became the first roller coaster in history to be controlled by a computer. It is not a smooth roller coaster, so... No, it is not. It's not. Um, <laughs> but it's not smooth, and it's also one of the slowest thrill rides at the Magic Kingdom. Because of, really? Yes, because of the darkness, the projections, and the several sudden drops. It makes the roller coaster seem like it's going faster, but the top speed is 28 miles per hour. Big Thunder oh gets God. up to 30 miles per hour, and Splash Mountain, the Splash Mountain Descent, reaches 40 miles per hour um the only quote unquote thrill ride that goes slower is the 25 mile per hour barnstormer the barnstormer (laughs) it goes that's not the roll three i know it goes three (laughs) miles per hour slower yeah just a while um there are two tracks alpha and omega in the magic kingdom um take the alpha track which has um 10 more feet of track if you want that extra second of adventure um it's important so there's lots of easter eggs when you go through the queue at disneyland um or maybe both i think it's both yes um next time you walk through the queue for the disneyland attraction look around for the space station 77 symbol that pays homage to the year space mountain first took flight there and at the Magic Kingdom, space travelers are welcome to Starport 75, a nod to that ride's debut year in Florida. When exiting the ride, there's a blue panel at the end of the moving sidewalk that mentions closed sectors. These action, The acronyms listed actually stand for closed attractions in the land they were once located in. Are you ready? This is so yes. good. Um, F-L-M-T-W-R. What is that? S L M T W R. Yes. I have no idea. So it's fantasy land. Does that help you? M T W R. I have no idea. <laughs> it's um Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Oh makes sense. Um the next one is TL-SK2FL, which, do you want to guess, or should I just read it aloud? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. It's the Tomorrowland Skyway to Fantasyland. Oh, cute. MSU-SB is Main Street USA Swan Boats. FL-MMR is the Fantasyland Mickey Mouse Review. And then TL-M2M is... Tomorrowland Mission to Mars. Um, That's cool. And then here are all of the past overlays that have been on the various rides. So um, Disneyland has featured Rockin' Space Mountain with a Red Hot Chili Peppers soundtrack. Um, Ghost Galaxy overlay happens during Halloween, um, which actually started at Hong Kong Disneyland. And then last year... Or not last year. This was written in 2016 because in 2015 they did Hyperspace Mountain in um, 
Paris, which was the Star Wars themed one. Mm-hmm. And that's all my facts. That's it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I try. Space Mountain's awesome. Yeah. That's good. And we're good 40 time. minutes, so we'll probably get to that's like an hour bad. and a half. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. With all our cool. offbeat random thoughts. <laughs> Not random nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so I'm going to be doing Splash Mountain today. As you all know, that's like our favorite ride ever, one of at least. We talk about it all the time. Um, <laughs> we do. We really do. Um, just a PSA. There is a sorted pass to Splash Mountain, but I'm not going to be talking about it today. Okay. Um, I've, I've talked about it before. Um, I went into detail about it on another episode. I tried to figure out which one it was, but I cannot for the life of me remember. Um, so if you want to know about it, go back and listen to our old episodes or look it up. Um, there's just a lot to the um, Uncle Remus stories and the um, the Song of the South, which it's based off of, that um, has a lot of race, racist undertones and blatant racist theming and there's a lot of um yes pretty problematic stuff that came from song of the south but as it pertains to splash mountain the ride none of it really has lasted in the ride so i just don't want to harp on it too much on this family podcast, yes. but I don't want to whitewash it either and just not talk about it at all. So it definitely exists, and there's a lot of information about it, and I've talked about it before. Um, but right now, I just want to talk about the wonderfulness that is Splash Mountain and um, all of the history and cool information about it. Fair enough? <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. Um, Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, cool. Like, so. does it have a car? <laughs> no, it has a log. It has... A stick. It has a log. It has a log and a fox, and that's all you need. A log, a fox, and a dream. A log, a fox, and a bear, and a rabbit. And a dream. Splash Mountain (laughs) and a dream. Splash Mountain is a log flume dark ride at Disneyland, uh, Tokyo Disneyland, and Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort. Based on the characters, stories, and songs from the 1946 Disney film Song of the South, as I mentioned, although there are variations in the story that features between these three locations, um, each installation begins with a peaceful outdoor float through that leads um, to indoor dark ride segments with a climactic steep drop into a briar patch, followed by an indoor finale. The drop is 50 feet. Um, so, in Disneyland, it's located in Critter Country. That's the area. Um, and it opened July 17th, 1989. I want to live Magic in... Magic Kingdom. I want to live in Critter, in Critter Country. Country. <laughs> I know, me like too. Like, the name. That's so cute. I, I wish we had a Critter Country in, we just, our, in our park. We just have Frontierland. Um, I know. Yes, and that's where it's located in Magic Kingdom, um, is in Frontierland. And it w- it had a soft opening date of July 17th, 1992, and an official opening date of October 2nd, 1992. So just in time for my birth. Oh, nice. Um, You're a Splash Mountain yes. baby. <laughs> I was born like two months later. Aww. So that's pretty cool. Three months later. 
Um, Tokyo Disneyland, it is also in Critter Country and opened October 1st, 1992. So Magic Kingdom 1 technically was the last one to open, even though it had already been open since July. It didn't officially open until the day huh. after Tokyo, Tokyo Disneyland. So fun fact. Fascinating. Um, Ours is in yeah. the worst shape also. I know, but it's still fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. Um, it's actually the... I believe it has the most number of drops as well. Yes, oh, so we'll good. be getting to that. Okay, so general statistics about the ride. Um, it's a basic log flume ride, but it's not basic at all if you've ever been on it. Um, Walt Disney Imagineering designed it, obviously. Um, it has a 50-foot drop, and it reaches a top speed of 40 miles per hour, which Meredith already said. Um, in Disneyland, it lasts nine minutes and 18 seconds. In Magic Kingdom, it lasts 10 minutes and 41 seconds. And in Tokyo Disneyland, it lasts 10 minutes. So ours is the longest. Um, let's see. That's not important. Um, audio animatronics. In Disneyland, there's 103. In Orlando, there's 63. Um, and it doesn't tell me how many are in Tokyo. So that's good. Um, in Disneyland, there's three drops. In Tokyo Disneyland, there's four drops. And in Magic Kingdom, there is a whopping five drops. Oh, uh, so. Five heckin' cool. drops. Five heckin' drops, exactly. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, heck. So, so the ride story, the plot behind Splash Mountain is a composite of several Uncle Remus stories. So, um... I kind of explained what the Uncle Remus stories were from Song of the South in the episode where I talked about um, the problematic nature, but just a brief overview of what the Uncle Remus stories are. Basically, in Song of the South, it's about like a kid who his Uncle Remus tells him these stories, and then the stories are the cartoons of the the Br'er Fox and Br'er Rabbit and all that. So it's Br'er like a Fox. mix of <coughs> live action and cartoon. Um, which is pretty cool. Br'er Fox, um, my stepmom. Br'er Fox, my stepmom. <laughs> yes, all of our stepmom. Everyone's um, stepmom is actually. So. Everyone's mom is Br'er Fox now. I wouldn't mind if, like, the whole idea behind the story was that it was they were time. telling stories about their evil stepmom, but using Br'er Fox as the as the like. Oh my god, a spinoff that represented. Oh my god, oh my god, a remake of Cinderella, but <laughs> it's but Br'er Fox, Br- but Br'er Fox is the stepmom, and all the other characters are the same. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's a really good idea. <laughs> Should I tweet Common Disney um, fan and be like, I came up with this idea? Yes. I'll do it right yes, now. Yes, you should. <laughs> Dead. Anyway, so the idea of Splash Mountain is that the it's a Uncle Remus story come to life. So the different versions of Splash Mountain feature similar stories, albeit with the small differences. Each ride presents scenes taken from the animated segments of Song of the South, telling the story of Br'er Rabbit, the protagonist, a mischievous hero who leaves his home in search of adventure, Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, the antagonists of the story. Uh, but really, Br'er Bear is just kind of the dumb, like, oafy one that follows around Br'er Fox. He's not really mean. Um, let's see... Where did I leave off? 
Um, they're determined to catch Br'er Rabbit, but are repeatedly tricked into letting him free. The sharp-witted Br'er Rabbit avoids, avoids a snare trap, as described in Br'er Rabbit earns a dollar a minute, and uses it to trap Br'er Bear instead. Br'er Rabbit continues on his journey to find his, quote, laughing place. Out of curiosity, his foes follow, but only for Br'er Rabbit to lead them into a cavern of bees. Br'er Fox eventually catches Br'er Rabbit in a beehive and threatens to roast him. Br'er Rabbit uses reverse psychology on Br'er Fox, begging the fox not to throw him into the briar patch, and, dis- and as described in the Tar Baby, which is a whole messed up other thing. thing. Um, naturally, Br'er Fox throws Br'er Rabbit into the briar patch, represented by the ride's picturesque flume drop. Br'er Rabbit escapes uninjured, remarking, I was born and raised in the briar patch. Oh. The other animals rejoice to have Br'er Rabbit back home, while Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear are last seen narrowly escaping the jaws of Br'er Gator. <laughs> oh, Br'er Gator! So, He's my really new favorite character! slapstick-esque and just like really cute. I know, Br'er Gator. I never even think about him, but he's just like snapping at them as they're like falling and moving up um so the ride all the rides feature the same scenes and nearly identical layout the story of splash mountain Br'er rabbit leaves home is told in the dark ride segment on the meandering river the flume converts to a roller coaster style track in complete darkness to transition to the laughing place uh caverns after Br'er rabbit is captured the logs ascend up the attraction's predominant hill into the Tar Baby segment, although it is important to mention that Disney chose to replace the Tar Baby itself with a hive of bees because the Tar Baby is messed up. Um, Messed up. (laughs) Br'er Rabbit, now captured by Br'er Fox, tricks the villain into throwing him into the briar patch. The drop itself mimics Br'er Rabbit fall. Um, The log descends down a 56-foot drop into a briar patch before continuing back into the mountain where numerous audio animatronics uh, animals sing a rousing chorus of Zippity-Doo-Dah, the best version of Zippity-Doo-Dah ever to exist, in my opinion. Um, There's other versions? (laughs) It's a real song. You've never heard... I I, I didn't know that. (laughs) But now I know because it's Mike's super short show. In my in my pre-K class, my teacher used to sing her own version of it, and it went like, uh, plenty of counting coming our way. Like, it was about learning. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I like well, this version that. better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, a little history. The idea for Splash Mountain was originally conceived in the summer of 1983 by Imagineer Tony Baxter. Thank you, Tony Baxter while stuck in rush hour traffic on his way to work. He wanted to attract guests to the often empty bear country land, with the only attraction as the Country Bear Jamboree, which later closed in 2001, plus a souvenir shop and make use of the audio animatronics from America Sings, which was also receiving poor attendance. Um, It was an attraction. I think I talk about it a little later. Yes. Um, It was Dick Nunes who insisted that the Imagineers create a log flume for Disneyland, but the Imagineers were initially unenthusiastic about it. I imagine this guy just every day comes into work, guys, I have an idea. We need a log flume. And like every every board meeting, he says the same thing and everyone rolls their eyes at him. This guy's obsessed with log flumes. (laughs) And then 
Heckin' logs. <laughs> one day they decide to, <laughs> this guy, every time they're like, we need to attract more people to the restaurants. He's like, guys, I have an idea. We're going to make a log flume restaurant. <laughs> like, I just imagine that's what this guy did. Like, no matter what the scenario is, we need to sell more souvenirs. I got it. We'll have a log flume gift shop. Everything is a log flume thing. You, we have a new character. We need a new character. Guys. <laughs> A guy dressed as a log. His log flumey. <laughs> He's just like, a log. Just a log. With and like one about stick flumes. coming out of it. <laughs> that's like a cowlick. That's most likely what this guy was. <laughs> Everyone, when he would walk into rooms, people would walk right away and be like, that's the log flume guy. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, okay, so the Imagineers were insisting that log flumes were too ordinary a theme park attraction to include in a park like Disneyland. So they didn't think it was cool enough. Um, they were This wrong. guy definitely didn't get invited out to lunch. Oh, man. Because <laughs> he'd be like, you want to know what? They should serve this in a log flume. <laughs> this burger should be in a log flume. Where's we my chowder? We in logs, eating logs, hanging out with logs. There should be a log sitting across from each person at the table. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay, so while trying to solve the problems of including a log flume, bringing people into bear country, and reusing the America Sings characters, Baxter then thought of Song of the South. Um, construction began at Disneyland in April 1987. By that time, Splash Mountain, whose budget had risen greatly to $75 million, oh my God. had become one of the most expensive projects created by Walt Disney Imagineering. The entire park cost around $17 million to build back in 1955, which we were just saying, Space Mountain cost more, um, which translates to around $80 million in 1987. I don't even want to know how much that would be today. It'd be like $80 billion, probably. According to Alice Davis, wife of the late Mark Davis, when America Sings closed in April 1988, production of Disneyland Splash Mountain had gone far over budget. The only way to recover was to close down America Sings and use the characters from that attraction. Um, Baxter and his team developed the concept of Zippity River Run, which would incorporate scenes from Song of the South. The name was later changed to Splash Mountain after then-CEO Michael Eisner, another wonderful person, uh, mostly ignored suggestion mostly ignored suggestion that the attraction be used to help market the film Splash. Um, the characters from America Sings were used in many scenes, though all of the main characters were specifically designed for Splash Mountain. Dave Fighten, Fighten, he's a fighting guy, uh, was brought in to a- animate and fix story and staging problems. Fighten uh, moved nearly all of the animatronics to new locations, removing 10 animatronic figures from the ride completely. He just, like, went in and just turned over everything that they had done. Yeah. I hate this nah. <laughs> Not now. He's like, yeah, I know you spent, like, millions of dollars and it took you months to do this, but nah, I'm getting rid of all you of You built these robots? Um, yeah. And now I don't you can't care about these them. robots that you built. <laughs> yeah. Throwing them in the trash. Yeah. Um... I don't he didn't love even them. recycle them. That's how little he cared. <laughs> uh, where am I? Okay. Um, okay. A version of the popular attraction was planned for Disneyland Paris, but was scrapped due to budget reasons and the cold weather in Europe. That makes sense. 
Um, the planned grand opening on July 17, 1989 didn't go quite as hoped for. Early riders made up of company executives were getting quite soaked rather than lightly sprayed. And so the ride opening date had to be delayed for months so that the boats could be redesigned to hold fewer passengers to build them lighter and redesign the bottom and bow to make them less likely to splash so much water aboard. But I feel like if kids were the first ones to ride it, they would have loved that it splashed them so much. It was just because oh, yeah. you had a bunch of executives riding it. That was a problem. <laughs> they were like, you all know no. who's a good judge of attractions? Middle-aged <laughs> men. Yeah, and I bet they were all like wearing suits and dress shoes yeah. and stuff. Middle-aged, middle wealthy white men. <laughs> That's who would judge That's the kind this. of person I want to judge my theme park attractions. Yes. Um... <laughs> Uh, I keep looking away and then losing my Sorry. Place. Okay, I got it. It's fine. In 1991, construction began for the Splash Mountains at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom and Tokyo Disneyland. On July 17, 1992, soft openings began at the Magic Kingdom. The two Splash Mountains officially opened within a day of each other, as I said, in October 1992. The Magic Kingdom attraction opened on October 1st and the Tokyo Disneyland... Oh. This says the opposite of what I said up there, but whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can. In January 2011, Splash Mountain at Magic Kingdom received lap bars for safety reasons. They didn't have them until 2011. <laughs> Wait, what? Sorry. They, t- they just added lap bars to Splash Mountain and Magic Kingdom in 2011. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. They just. Each row. No safety. Of two to three passenger shares one lap bar which already seems kind of scary but they didn't even have one until 2011 you could just get out and walk around that's probably like what that article was written about the dad probably got off and met brer bear brer, brer fox and went on a couple <laughs> dates met brer fox. and the kid was like i think my dad might be marrying brer fox <laughs> he keeps going out and talking to him and now and then they made an animatronic of him <laughs> Oh my god. Meanwhile, Tokyo Disneyland received individual lap bars, which makes the height restriction five inches shorter than the two other versions. So the Tokyo Disneyland one is the only one that's safe. Yes. Basically. Um, Okay, so now I'm going to break it down a little bit more by park. Yes. So Magic Kingdom, I'm going to start with. Without a critter country in Walt Disney World, Splash Mountain is instead located in Frontierland, across the way from Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, so that's like pretty much the best section of the park, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far from Pirates, either. Construction of Splash Mountain necessitated the demolition of the existing railroad station and temporarily turning the railroad into a shuttle between Main Street US- USA and Mickey's Toontown Fair. Um, riders board eight passenger logs seated by two, seated two by two. Logs are now equipped with lap bars for safety reasons following a January 2011 renovation. The log departs the loading area where Brer, uh, Brer Frog provides introductory narration. The log ascends a dual chain lift that deposits riders in a small pond at the bottom of the big drop. After a right turn, log Logs enter the barn and climb another lift to the space behind the visible mountain. After floating gently through scenery designed to evoke the feeling of a river in the southern United States, particularly Georgia, where Song of the South was based, the homes of the three main characters, aged farm equipment, stagecoach 
wagons um, and ale barrels are incorporated into the landscape, along with a country instrumental version of How Do You Do? Uh, Emanating from... Fine, how are you? <laughs> Emanating from hidden speakers along the waterway. After passing Brer Bear's cave, the logs descend down the slip and falls drop and cross back under the flume. The logs then enter the, the show building containing the indoor portion of the attraction where various, various anim, audio animatronics, um, including geese and frogs, sing the attraction's <laughs> first musical number, How Do You Do? Geese. Several vignettes establish the story of a restless Br'er Rabbit leaving home and being pursued by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear see Br'er Rabbit telling Mr. Bluebird that he's going to his laughing place. Br'er Porcupine warns him of the danger ahead, but Br'er Rabbit continues on. Everybody's got a laughing place. It begins to play after Br'er Bear springs Br'er Fox's uh, rabbit trap. The logs continue... Onward, past a roadrunner who asks to be taken along to the Lappin place, while possums sing uh, the song from overhead. The logs reach a dark tunnel, followed by a dip drop into the Lappin place. Bees attack Br'er Bear, while Br'er Rabbit laughs with joy, unaware that Br'er Fox is behind him, preparing to drop a beehive on top of him. The logs then go over another short drop. Um... Uh, another short drop and head further into the cavern scenes. There, guys are riding turtles and laughing, singing bullfrogs and dancing water fountains. This is one of my favorite parts of the ride, by the way, because it's just so fun. It's so fun. Um, guide the log to a dark area in which Br'er Rabbit has been caught by Br'er Fox in a cave of stalactites and stalagmites. Two vultures, this time wearing top hats, taunt riders um, as they begin their ascent up the final lift. A scene to the left of the flume shows Br'er Fox menacing Br'er Rabbit, with Br'er Rabbit <laughs> pleading not to throw him into the briar patch. Menacing. At the top of this third lift hill, the log descends the 50-foot drop at the 45-degree angle, reaching a maximum speed of 40 miles per hour into a tunnel underneath the Frontierland walkway. After another outdoor flume segment, the log coasts back into the mountain where critters at Duda Landing are singing zippity Duda. A, a celebration of Br'er Rabbit's return, while Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear attempt to fend off Br'er Gator. At the end, Br'er Rabbit sings with Mr. Bluebird, telling guests that he learned his lesson. After exiting the ride... Log riders can tap their cards or magic bands to save their ride photo, uh, which I don't care about. Um, <laughs> sorry. The ride photos are good, though. We have a really good one of uh, my I aunt. I them. I never get them. I never look at them. We have one of my aunt, and her eyes are literally bulging out of her head. Really? It's yeah, The Splash awesome. Mountain ones are good because the splash, you always look The Splash ones are really good. And, like, if you don't know the pictures being taken, for some reason there's one on the Frozen ride. I don't get it. Really? Oh, my God. Wait. Okay, really quick unrelated bit. Do you know um, okay. Taylor? She's one of Sam's um, brand reps. I have no idea. Okay, her name is Taylor. Maybe. She's turning 21, but she's fake, and she goes to Disney and gets hammered and posts them on her stories, and it's my favorite thing in the world. Oh my god. It's so funny. That's hilarious. Not family friendly. Quick no recap okay keep going sorry i thought of it okay. and i thought you might enjoy it that's okay that's really funny um okay so disneyland um california guests enter the queue in front of 
in front the main drop viewing area. That's terrible grammar. Okay. Uh, guests enter the queue in front of the main drop viewing area. The queue winds past the Critter Country sign into the main entrance where a number of machines with cogs and gears dominate. Various um, various thoughts and sayings from Uncle Remus are featured on signs throughout the queue, which winds around a barn structure and reaches the loading area. Passengers ride aboard 67 cedar logs with six single-file seats. The last seat in each log is larger and allows room for larger guests or an adult and a small child. That's thus allowing nice. the capacity to be seven in each log. Yeah. The log departs the loading area and ascends two conveyor-type lifts before floating gently through the scenery designed to evoke the feeling of a river just like the other one of Georgia. Um, the homes of the three main characters and aged farm equipment are incorporated into the landscape along with the instrumental version of How Do You Do, so pretty much the same. Um, before the logs enter the indoor portion, snoring is heard emanating from Bear Bear's Cave. The snoring is a tribute to the original entrance to Bear Country, the former name of Critter Country, where a bear named Rufus was heard snoring from a cave. So they kept that. Yeah. You know, isn't that cute? Rufus, the naked mole rat. I like that they wanted to do bear country, but all they had was the country bear jamboree. And then they were like, wait, we don't have enough bears. Why did we make this a whole area specific. for bears? We've gone too specific. You all know what would help guy this? that was obsessed with the log yeah, flume that's was what also I was gonna obsessed say. with bears. You all know what would help this? A log flume. <laughs> How we do need we fix this A bear-themed bear log flume. Flumes. <laughs> Bears like logs. I they love fish. That guy. He's my best friend. <laughs> yeah, totally. Can we find him? <laughs> oh my god! I, Let's go I find mean, him. He's probably dead, but like, <gasps> oh, actually, maybe not. Man. This was only in the eighties. I don't know. I'll have to look. I'm imagining this being like Walt Disney times, but it really wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Walt Disney times. <laughs> yeah, like the fifties. I know. I love it. Because this ride does feel so classic that sometimes I do forget that it really classic. is like pretty much the same age as me. Um, okay, where am I? Okay, after a short drop from Slip and Falls, guests enter the indoor portion of the attraction where various audio animatronic animals, same thing as the other one, um, do the number, how do you do? Br'er Rabbit, seen outside his briar patch, tells Br'er Turtle that he's leaving home in search of his laughing place, um, and Br'er Bear follows him, ending up being attacked by bees, just like in Magic Kingdom. Um... And then in the surreal in the surreal rainbow caverns where characters sing, everybody's got a laugh in place. Um, Brer Fox then manages to trap Brer Bear and your dad in a beehive. Um, I mean Brer Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> turns ominous as two mother characters, an opossum and rabbit, sing the burrow's lament. Um, the logs begin climbing up the final and longer conveyor lift belt, passing beneath two vultures that taunt guests and tell a foreboding danger. Shortly before the attraction's climactic drop, Br'er Rabbit is seen alongside the hill, about to be eaten by Br'er Fox, but Br'er Rabbit outsmarts Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear by tricking them into throwing them, throwing him into the briar patch where he was born and raised. Riders are sent down the final drop into the briar patch, mimicking his fall. The top half of the drop is highly visible from the adjacent areas of the park. The uh, photo is taken as the log begins to fall um, and can be purchased after disembarking the ride. This is just an advertisement for the ride photos. 
<laughs> the log then dives under the water into an underground runout. The collective weight of the riders generally determines the degree to which they get wet here. An indoor segment follows the drop after which the logs make a final entrance into a section of the mountain named Doodah Landing, where a full cast of audio animatronic figures sing zippity doodah. And the respective fates of the Br'er Rabbit um, reclined happily at home, and antagonists fending off a hungry Br'er Gator are seen. Doot. Before the return to the loading area, riders are given a preview of their picture. Again, this is just an advertisement for the picture. Professor Barnaby Owl, an overhead audio animatronic, calls the rider's attention to the screen as he remarks on their expression. So that's really cute. After disembarking from the log, riders enter a dark room where they preview their on-ride photograph before exiting the Critter Country. An orchestral swing arrangement of sooner or later can be heard along the exit path. Oh, I know, that's nice. And then just a tiny bit about Tokyo Disneyland. Flash Mountain at Tokyo Disneyland is very similar to Florida version of the ride, with a few exceptions. The ride's layout is a mirror image of Florida's owing the attraction's location on the opposite side of the river. Um, the secondary characters are altogether different, and the show scenes are in different orders. The Tokyo version also lacks a mill or barn-like structure on the second lift, um, although it is used as a main entrance to the ride queue. Instead, the logs venture into a cave-like opening to begin the second ascent. Another difference from the Florida version is that Br'er Fox doesn't marry your dad, he marries your uncle. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. <laughs> Slip and Falls takes place in a dark cave, making the final drop the only outdoor one. <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, I just keep thinking about it. I texted. That's um, all I could think about. I know. I, I should have just not done. Honestly, oh my god! I think we're gonna it? have to like. I think what we're gonna have to do is at the end of this, we're gonna have to read the article. Like, I was gonna say, like a warning. instead of reading, instead of reading the the history of Splash Mountain, I should have just read that article <laughs> and seen if anyone noticed. We could we could just say, okay, this. now anyone who doesn't want people who are listening with them to listen to this, if you have kids, turn it off now. We're gonna read the story. We should do the exit Let's music and then do the um, okay. Then read it after that. Okay. So then there's like lots of time for people to remove their Mm. children so we can read this article. I already have it on my phone. I sent it to you in Sydney. Okay, let's do it. Okay, cool. All right. Stay Um, tuned for the best article of all time. Oh my God, seriously. I'm very excited now. Um, Okay, so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the wonderful music. So it's slightly different in each. in each park. So I'm going to start with Disneyland, California. Um, Splash Mountain at Disneyland features music in a jazzy big band meets orchestral style, fitting the attraction's proximity to New Orleans Square. Um, it still has a mixture of How Do You Do, recorded especially for the ride in 1988 by the Floozies, a 29-piece band from Oregon, the backing track of Bomb, 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 that can be heard coming from the Bullfrogs in accompaniment to the lyric sung by the geese, was sung by 13 of the 29 members. Um, Walter Stephen Sim Hergel, that's his full name, I don't know, uh, 1963 is the band's lead vocalist. Wow, he has a long name. 
Um, and his voice can be heard singing most of the words while his fellow band members provide harmony and backing vocals. One of the Bullfrogs is voiced by veteran voice actor Thurl Ravenscroft. Now there's a name. Wow. Then the Everybody Has a Laugh in Place um, and Burroughs Lament sections of the song. These songs are sung by um, Elisa Georgia and Castell Newton. Three sisters. That was two people. Oh, Elisa Georgia. Those are two different people. And Castell Newton. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I love the name Georgia. Uh, yeah, me too. Are you, why are you trying to FaceTime me? Oh my God, am I? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I hit it with my elbow, and I guess my elbow wanted to say, hey. I get it. You just really want to look at my beautiful face. I, I do. Understand. I miss your face. <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, I know. I miss you, too. We need to hang out. I know. Um, anyway, the Newton sisters are three sisters from California who worked for the Walt Disney Company at the time of the ride's construction. You know, in that separate building where all the pretty girls work. Lots of pretty girls. <laughs> Hundreds of pretty girls. And- <laughs> Castell and Elisa sing the words while Georgia was responsible for the high-pitched operatic Oz in the background, uh, which were removed upon the song changing from sooner or later to Burl's Lament. Poor Georgia. She just got cut right out of that song. Her name's pretty, though, so she, she's probably the she's, middle child, too. Oh, yeah. She's one of the hundreds of pretty girls. Oh, my God. Um, Burl's Lament is mainly sung by B.J. Ward. The vultures above the third lift hill are voiced by Edward Connor and John Kelfreezy, employees of the Walt Disney Company. And then Zippity Doodah, a choir consisting of over 75 cast members, was used to record this last score, recorded in the company's Burbank Studios in 1987. Jess Harnell sings a solo. Oh dear. Jackie? My, uh, my alarm was going off. Oh, okay. I was like, um, sorry. I was like, hello? <laughs> Did we lose touch? Sorry, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac started playing because that's my uh, my <laughs> tone for my alarm. Oh, that's nice. Um, I have a like an Apple thing because the sound of the alarm is associated with pain and despair in my head. So I need oh, it to no. not be something I enjoy because then I'd associate that with waking up in the morning, which is my least favorite well, this thing. Isn't, this isn't the one that I use for waking up. This is the one that I use for remembering to do certain things in the ah. evening. Got it. Um, yeah, that I just recently had to start doing again. Anyway, um, where am I? Okay. Jess Harnell all, uh, sings a solo as Br'er Rabbit as the logs take their final turn back into the station. In addition, several other songs from Song of the South are heard as instrumental tracks playing on a loop near the attraction and in the queuing area. These include um, That's What Uncle Remus Said, Sooner or Later, All I Want, Who Wants to Live Like That, and Let the Rain Pour Down. The loop only features songs from the film and lasts about 25 minutes. Animators took over 80 hours to synchronize each figure, to rewire and test each figure, took an additional three months before the attraction could open. As programmers were tasked with having to make characters, quote, forget their old America Sings settings. Oh my god. And then perform with a decent level of realism in accordance with the new settings. Each character can carry out 45 seconds of movement and dialogue before a loop function restarts the sequence from the beginning. Hmm. Um... Yes. So then the Magic Kingdom version, um, 
In this ride, it features the same songs heard in Disneyland Attraction, which are variations of the three songs found in the animated segments from Song of the South, though the attraction does not present these songs in the same order as the film. Because of the ride's location in Frontierland, the soundtrack features a country feel, with banjos and harmonicas as the primary instruments, and also because of Florida's close proximity to Georgia, where Song of the South is set. Burroughs Lament is the only exception, using an orchestral track with timpani drums originally recorded for the disneyland version in the order heard in the attractions ride through segments how do you do everybody's got a laugh in place bros lament and zippity doodah which this this is the version that i have downloaded to my computer and it's just called the slash mountain medley mm. and it's wonderful songs from the film heard as instrumental tracks in the queuing area include that's what uncle remus said let the rain pour down sooner or later and the opening theme from the film traditional songs like old mcdonald had a farm and goober peas which i don't know what that is but it sounds great (laughs) it just makes me think of i'm a goofy goober yeah Yeah. you're a goofy oh Oh my god guys guys what uh, what i saw the spongebob SpongeBob musical musical, and i'm going again (laughs) It was so good. You are? Yeah. You're going, going again? With Matt and all four of his parents. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm so excited. It was so good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's okay. childhood um, feel. These are all played in a bluegrass style. The loop lasts an hour and includes different orchestrations of the three main songs heard in the ride as well. In Tokyo Disneyland, like in Florida, the main melodies consist of banjos, fiddles, and harmonicas. The vocals, however, are completely different between the two parks. Compared to the Magic Kingdom attraction, the specific verses sung with the show scenes are in different orders, and the choruses and backup vocals are arranged with different harmonies. Additionally, dialogue and lyrics in Tokyo are Japanese for How Do You Do and Zibidi Duda, but English for Everybody's Gotta Laugh in Place. For both instances, Burroughs Lament is heard as an instrumental track with timpani drums, a take that was originally recorded for Disneyland but never used, with dramatic orchestra and choir. So, very different. Yes. Um... I want to know, like, what that sounds like. zippity doo in Japanese. That's very interesting. The internet probably has it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I could watch a whole ride through of the ride. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so music releases of this wonderful medley of music. Despite being released on CDs attributed to the Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney World in general, as well as often bearing specific track attribution, such as... Um, from Walt Disney World's Splash Mountain, the country western style soundtrack actually found at the Florida and Tokyo parks has at least managed to surface on the 2003 Walt Disney World CD entitled The Official Album Where Magic Lives. I think that's the one that I have. Okay. Banjos are heard for over halfway through the 7 minute 57 second length, as well as at the end, it is very different musical arrangement when compared to many other Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or combination Walt Disney World slash Disneyland CDs labeled the official album. The Disneyland ride does not incorporate this particular country western theme soundtrack. Fan credited um, versions of the country western versions from the Magic Kingdom have also surfaced as MP3 downloads online. Tokyo Disney versions have surfaced also, but have been harder to locate. Um... So a little bit about so I'm just gonna do a quick ride through uh, ride through uh, <laughs> run through of the voice cast. So rare Brer Rabbit is done by Jess Hardnell, Brer Fox, uh, J D Hall, 
Br'er Bear is Nick Stewart in the Disneyland version and James Avery in Walt Disney World version. Um, Sis Possum is BJ Ward. Vultures oh. um, are both done by Jess Harnell. Um, Mr. Bluebird is also Jess Harnell. Br'er Frog is James Avery. The Bullfrogs are Thurl Ravenscroft. I really love his name. I need like to use that name for something. That Geese, could be um, your Starbucks Jess name. Harnell. Thurl, Thurl Ravenscroft. Yes, that's exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> What's your name? Thurl Ravenscroft. <laughs> Let's see how much um, they butcher that. I know, right? And the Mother Possum and Mother Rabbit are both done by B.J. Ward. Um, okay, in popular culture. Despite Disney's great attention to detail and audience management, the monitoring represented by both security cameras and the Shrove cameras have not proven wholly successful at eliminating one of the most salacious phenomena of the Splash Mountain experience. Hoping to make illicit use of in-ride photographs that Disney later sells to ride patrons, some riders briefly expose themselves, as we've talked about before. Um, E.g. a woman bearing her breasts during the descent, uh, collected on a website called Flash Mountain in the mid to late 1990s. The shots to continue to circulate online. Google. The shots continue to circulate online. I don't know where that extra two came from. Um, the quote Flash Mountain controversy at both Disney parks was used as a segment um, and was seen on TMZ on May 5th, 2009. Oh dear. <laughs> um, to celebrate the opening of Disneyland's version in 1989, a special was made called Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain. Actor and comedian Jim Varney returned to play the title role of Ernest in the special. This time, Ernest is busy on becoming the world's first splashtronaut, a play on the word splash and astronaut. Like, that had to be clarified. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, no. Um, In an episode of The Simpsons featuring a parody of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer, played by Bart, and Huckleberry Finn, played by Nelson, go down a waterfall in their raft, after which their photo is taken to be sold as a souvenir. In a reference to the Flash Mountain phenomenon mentioned above, the manager spots a photo of a woman flashing her ankle and tells the photographer to get rid of it, which he does by slipping it into his shirt to keep for himself. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Then I have some hidden Mickeys. Um, I think... I think a couple of these are Disneyland and they didn't specify, so I'm just going to say blanket hidden Mickeys in all Splash Mountains. Um, you might the first see one it, is you might in not. Disney World, I know that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first one near the end of the ride in Walt Disney World, so I know that for certain for this one. The upper outline of one of the white clouds on the right side of the riverboat scene is shaped like Mickey Mouse lying on his back with his head to the right. So that's an, a unique one. Um... Then another one, look for a picnic basket up on a small ledge. You'll spot it just past Br'er Frog, who is sitting on an alligator and fishing with his toe. Near the basket are three red and white striped fishing bobbers in the shape of classic hidden Mickey. I feel like that one is in Disney World. I'm not sure. Um, yes. Um, yes, that's there. Right? I'm looking on my app so. right now. Oh, I shouldn't have okay, good. done this for And then I think this one is in Disneyland. I don't know. Um, Splash Mountain. Um, in Splash Mountain Q's barn, there is an old hand crank machine with gears that form a classic hidden Mickey. Um, that's not ours. I think that's Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that one, like, when I described that one, it said that there was a bunch of gears and stuff. So that cool. Makes um, and then I just have a few little 
factoids. I'm into uh, that. Tell me. Okay. So before Disneyland's Critter Country, oh, I already talked about this. Um, uh, I already talked about this whole thing. It was called Bear Country, and they had the sleeping bear, and they kept the sleeping bear. I already talked about this. (laughs) And the guy that wanted a log flume wanted it to be bear themed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Bear. Okay. And then, so the America Sings thing used to be located in Tomorrowland. Now this says it is in the former home of Carousel of Progress, but in another article that I read, it said it was in Innovations. So I don't know what the truth is. Um, Probably Carousel of Progress. Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows with Wikipedia? But, um, yes, so then they reused the animatrons from America Sings when it closed in Splash Mountain, as I said before. Um, okay, so then Br'er Rabbit and Wacko Warner share the same voice. So Jess Harnell, that does the voice of Br'er Rabbit as, and um, multiple other characters in this ride, as I said before, mm-hmm. yes. also is the voice actor for Wacko Warner from the Animaniacs, which was one of my favorite shows ever. So good. Um, he's also the voice of Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear. Uh, um, oh, wait, no, not Br'er Bear, just Br'er Fox. Br'er Bear is voiced by Nick Stewart, the original actor who played him in Song of the South. That's another little fact. Awesome. And then my last one, which I know we've talked about this before, but um, the little gopher on the ride may sound like he's sneezing, but if you listen carefully, he's actually saying, FSU, this is a nod to Florida State University, alma mater of at least one Disney Imagineer who worked on the ride. So we've mentioned that in the past, but yeah, and that's all I got. That's my Splash Mountain about it. splashes. Mm-hmm. Splash, splash, mountain. Stuff. Splish splash, I was taking a log flume. Doo doo doo. All right, well, um, I guess that's it for this episode, except if you want to stick around and listen to Br'er Fox um, keeps saying that he's going to marry my dad or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it is titled Five Times the Animatronic Fox on Splash Mountain addressed me by name and told me he was going to marry my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Okay, so if you don't want to listen to this, now's the time to turn off your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us at Disney Girls, Girls podcast. podcast on Instagram. Um, on Instagram. Um, Disney Girls Podcast on Twitter, even though yes. we don't post on there. I just and, tweeted uh, from there, so. Oh, good. So we I do. Tweeted, I tweeted. <laughs> Common Disney fan. I, was, I said, just listen. They remake Cinderella with Br'er Fox as the stepmom, but all the other characters are the same. <laughs> Just think about it. It's so good. It's so good. It's oh so unnecessary. Okay, so yeah, follow us on there. And if you want, you can email us at DisneyGirlsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, I hope you enjoy our nonsense. If you don't, please just leave us alone. Don't leave us <laughs> mean reviews. Leave us alone. Listen. Oh my god. I actually do have a small PSA about leaving reviews. Now, okay. My other podcast has gotten bad reviews before. This one really hasn't. Um, We're so niche, I, I feel like. I don't care because we don't do this for a living. So, like, leave us as many bad reviews as you want, If I guess, if you really feel the need to. But for podcasts that are like trying to make it in the world, 
and like they are doing it as their career and they're like comedians or whatever it is that they are that this is what they're actually doing for a living leaving them bad reviews actually negatively affects their livelihood so please take that into consideration before you take the time out of your day to leave a bad review for a podcast because it really affects your visibility and if you have a podcasting network it's going to limit how many ads they can sell that person and they might even drop them if they get enough bad reviews. So like it actually really matters. It's not just like leaving a comment on Instagram. It actually really has an impact. So that's my, my rant about (laughs) podcast reviews. May I ask what brought that to mind? Did you find something Um, recently that was causing that? No, no, I just know that that's true, and okay. like, um, and like, I ha- I listen to a podcast that's actually really popular, but they've gotten a lot of really bad reviews, and um, so they they have like a really strong cult following, but I don't think they're ever gonna get bigger per se because of the negative reviews that they get, hmm. um, and I know that that's a problem, and I know that like, um. Like, Small Town Murder always talks about how important the reviews are. And for podcasts like that, that that really is what they do for a living, it matters. And, like, I've got... We've gotten bad reviews on our other podcasts that are just really silly. Like, well, I think I'm just too old to listen to this or whatever. Like, like they really... It's not like they were angry. They just didn't get it. It's not like you offended them. they took the time out of their day to leave it. Exactly. And I, I honestly think that some people do it because they don't realize what an impact it makes. And like I said... My podcast, I don't do it for a living. I do it for fun. It's fine. But for others, it really is a big deal. So just a PSA to podcast listeners. Food for thought. Reviews matter. Exactly. If you want to say something mean to someone on the internet, do it on Instagram. (laughs) Tweet it. pretty much. (laughs) Tweet. Exactly. Actually, Twitter is becoming like the hub for it these days. Yeah. Um, Or go on Reddit. People are horrible on there. Oh, yeah. Reddit. (laughs) Any of those that leave... Make a mean Facebook exactly. status that no one else will see except your friends. Right. Exactly. If you're into that. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you want to stick around for Br'er Fox, we're going to do that right now. Okay. I have it up. <laughs> you want to read it? I'll read it. You, re- cool. you read a do lot. It. I did not. So I will, have, I will yeah. happily read. <laughs> do the it. The art... This article is on clickhole.com. It's called Five Times the Animatronic Fox on Splash Mountain Addressed Me by Name and Told Me He Was Going to Marry My Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's written by... It doesn't have who it's written by because it's on clickhole. Okay. Um, I recently, the only article ever written on clickhole that's good. Yes. I recently went on vacation to Disney World with my family. It was a lot of fun until I went on Splash Mountain. There are a lot of animatronic animals on that ride that sing and dance before you go over a big drop at the end. And although most of these robotic animals are wonderful to watch as you float down the river, there was an animatronic fox that started addressing me by name halfway through the ride. He told me he was going to marry my dad. He did this five times. (laughs) So matter of fact, like it actually happened. (laughs) The time... The time it the did happen. I know. I know it did. The time it's the animatronic story. <laughs> the time the animatronic fox made eye contact with me. 
I was riding Splash Mountain, and the animatronic fox was doing his pre-programmed speech about how he wanted to catch the animatronic rabbit. The fox said, now's your chance to set a trap for Br'er Rabbit. Then he turned and looked me right in the eye and said, I'm going to marry your dad, Ryan. Oh, the guy's name is Ryan. <laughs> then the fox leaned in real close to my face, which I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> I'll get it together, I promise. I'm reading along with you. (laughs) Then the fox leaned in real close to my face, which I'm pretty sure it was not programmed to do, and he said, call me Mrs. Dad, Ryan. (laughs) I'm going to be your dad's bride at his wedding. Before he could say anything else, I floated away from him to enjoy the rest of the magic on Splash Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) the part that got me was which i'm pretty sure it's not programmed to do i know i'm pretty sure pretty sure it wasn't all right the time the animatronic fox kept talking about how long the wedding would take when he married my dad this is my favorite part (laughs) okay if you couldn't understand me the time the animatronic fox kept fox kept talking about how long the wedding would take to marry when he married my dad. The big drop at the end of Splash Mountain was so fun that I decided to get back in line and ride it again. I was having a blast listening to all the robotic animals sing and move around until the animatronic fox once again turned to me as I floated past. It started to say, You sure done made a fool of yourself, Br'er Bear. But about halfway through the line, he trailed off, turned around and said, Welcome back, Ryan. I'm going to marry your religious dad, and the wedding is going to take forever. Everyone's going to talk so slow, and your dad and I are going to kiss 100 times. Your dad is going to get down on his knees and to thank Christ for making his wedding to the robot fox so long. (laughs) I tried to tell the robot, (laughs) Why does this exist? (laughs) Are you crying? I think so. I know your laugh. And thank cry Christ for making his wedding to the robot fox takes. <laughs> I'm just picturing a man on his knees. Jesus, Lord, Lord, thank you so much for making this wedding to this robotic fox take so long. My son hates it. Ryan. Ryan. Mrs. Dad. Oh, my God. I tried to tell the robotic fox that I didn't want that to happen, but I had already floated away from him. He's so matter-of-fact about it. That's the best part. I did not want that to happen. Like, the best part is that he's just like, I I wanted to tell him to stop, but I was gone. All right. This one, I think this one's my favorite. No, no, no. The one, there's one that's my favorite. Um... It's not this one. The time the animatronic fox told me that he was going to wear my clothes when he married my dad. (laughs) I had... You ready? Yeah. I had decided not to go on Splash Mountain anymore, but then I remembered how fun the big drop at the end was, and I got back in line. I was hoping the... He loves log flumes so much. Maybe... (gasps) Jackie! Maybe this! Maybe his dad is the guy that... 
That would make sense. Conspiracy yeah. theory. Oh my god, yeah. I, I decided to not go on Splash Mountain anymore, but then I remembered how fun the big drop at the end was, and I got back in line. I was hoping the anima... Ma- <laughs> I was hoping the animatronic fox would just do his clockwork movements and pre-recorded lines, but instead he popped up out of the water in the middle of the ride and said, which doesn't happen, your dad is my fiance, Ryan. I'm going to wear your shirts and your pants when I marry your dad. Your dad's going to wear a wedding dress and we're going to be bonded in the eyes of Christ. Enjoy the rest of Splash Mountain, Ryan. After... <laughs> Wait, the next line is the best. I know. <laughs> I can't even get it out. <laughs> My parents are you probably like, do it. Do it. You deserve it. Okay. After the ride, I told the Disney World employee working the line what had happened. He just said, that sounds bad. But he didn't do anything. <laughs> that sounds bad. That sounds bad. <laughs> That's not very Disney-like of him. No, it's not. Uh, I love it so much. Oh, my God. I forgot about this one. The time the fox's voice came out of the animatronic goose. Why? I just couldn't stay away from that incredible drop at the end of Splash Mountain. How so long got, was this guy in Disney for that he was able to go on Splash Mountain so many is times? Is that all he did? Did he not go on <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? Did he not? And there was no lines? Like, he yeah. didn't have to wait an hour every time he went on it? He must have gone the first week of September. Yeah. Well, blessed. He couldn't stay away, so he got right back in line. There is an animatronic goose on Splash Mountain who mostly sings and babbles about being careful on rivers. One time when I was floating past the goose, it stopped singing, swiveled on its metal hinges to face me, and said to me in the fox's voice, Ryan, it's me. It's the fox. I'm going to marry your ever- I'm going to marry the ever-loving shit out of your religious dad. Listen to me, Ryan. Our, our wedding will not have any refreshments. This is my favorite. Guests will be permitted to bring one bowl of warm water from home, and that's it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? One bowl of warm water. That's it. <laughs> from home. <laughs> Once I marry your dad. I'm crying. Good. You deserve to. <laughs> Once I, <laughs> once I marry your dad, I'm going to become a huge part of your life. Have fun on the big drop. Then the goose's voice returned to normal and it sang a song about fishing. I do not want to attend a wedding where there is no food, especially since the fox also said it was going to be very long. <laughs> That's all he's worried about. <laughs> This is as hard as I laughed the first time I read this. Like, I know. Every time I read it, I laughed. It's like, hard. there's got to be something else that's like this. Like, Wait, no, the next one is the best one. <laughs> Would you like to read it? <laughs> okay, I'll try. <laughs> try your best. If I need to, I'll hop in. Oh, my 
my god, I'm crying. Okay. Okay. The time and the time the time an animatronic model Okay, I got this. Okay, I got this. I believe the time in you. an animatronic model of my dad appeared next to the fox. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I had promised. Okay. I had promised myself I would never ride Splash Mountain again. But on the last day of vacation, the siren song of that big fun drop lured me right back into the den of the clockwork fox and his wet carnival of torment. <laughs> when I got to the animatronic fox, he was standing next to an animatronic model of my father. <laughs> which sparked and sputtered as he moved back and forth in repetitious motion. My log boat stopped right at that scene, which it hadn't done any of the other times before. <laughs> and the animatronic fox started saying things like, Hello, Ryan. Your dad and I are going to be each other's, <laughs> each other's wives. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> and you'll have to watch me marry your dad. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to watch me marry your dad <laughs> through the window. <laughs> do you want me to get this one? <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. It's too funny. Oh my god. You'll have to watch me marry your dad through the windows of the church, Ryan, because you're not allowed inside. I messed it up. What it really is, is you'll have to watch me marry your dad through the window of the church because you're not allowed inside, Ryan. <laughs> can, you keep, can you go on? I can try. Okay. okay. Then the animatronic model of my dad said, I love... <laughs> I love marrying the fox more than I love having a son. <laughs> <laughs> I burst into flames. I forgot about this. As the ride finally lurched forward on the river and I floated away from this horrific scene, the fox called after me. I'll see you and your real dad at the wedding, Ryan. I tried to call back. Please don't do this. But my voice was drowned out by the sound of a robot porcupine singing about the dangers of being foolhardy. That's it. That's those are the five times. The five times the animatronic fox on Splash Mountain addressed me by name and told me he was going to marry my dad. It is hands down one of my favorite things that has ever been made. It really is so good. As many times as people may complain about the internet, we wouldn't have this if it weren't for the internet. I know. <laughs> God, it's so good. I wonder if the person who wrote this knows how good this is. I hope they know how much we love them. <laughs> I can't. Every time I read it, I can't do it. It's so good. I've never had to read it out loud before. I know. That was so enjoyable. <laughs> Your laughs were the best part. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> you made me watch this through the window of the church because I wasn't allowed inside. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay i like that he burst into flames at the end as well 
And I like that the animatronic version of his dad is like really bad. Like it sputters and stuff. Yeah. Like Our wedding will not have really any bad quality animatronics. I know. Disney, get raise the roof. <laughs> raise your standards, sirs and madams. I'm going I'm going to marry your religious dad and it's going to take so long and we're going to kiss a hundred times. (laughs) Our wedding will not have any refreshments. Guests will will be permitted to bring one bowl of warm water from home and that's it. (laughs) Oh my god, I can't. It's so good. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. If you could understand us. (laughs) Okay, I think this is my favorite quote. Your dad is my fiance, Ryan. I'm going to wear your shirts and your pants when I marry your dad. Your dad's going to wear a wedding dress and we're going to be bonded in the eyes of Christ. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of Splash Mountain, Ryan. We're going to be each other's wives. We're going to be each other's wives. I enjoy marrying the fox more than I enjoy having a son. <laughs> Who wrote this? We need to. We meet, I need to meet whoever wrote this. We need to like do this for all Disney rides. That's oh our God, new podcast. Seriously. If you're out there, person who wrote this, Ryan, please from Clickhole, please, please leave leave a review or email us. Please email me and be my best friend. Oh my God! Oh, I just oh went God. on to my email. Oh my god, I just went on to my email and I have work emails that I'm not looking at. (coughs) Oh my god, no, don't look at that. (sighs) Do I have any... (coughs) I haven't checked our email in a long time, so I'm going to. I'm checking it right now. Do you have anything else to say to our wonderful fans and friends? No, I don't. Oh, this that you tagged me in on Facebook... It's oh, yes. And it says, this onion won't make me cry. And then the onion says, you'll never ride the great movie ride again. And then he's crying. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, all right. I don't think. I think I've ch- seen all this. But yeah, email us. Tell us what you think. If you want, a, if you can't find what I Googled was Splash Mountain, marry your dad. And that's what came up. <laughs> And the article so. is five times the animatronic box on Flash Mountain addressed me by name and told me he was going to marry my dad. Yes. <laughs> and it's not clinical. Yes. So if you look that up and send that to your friends. Send that to everyone you know if you're an adult. Yes. Or at least, like, old enough to understand. <laughs> and not be like, what is this? <laughs> okay. Well, um, we'll do our sign off again. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Disney Girls Podcast, on Twitter at Disney Girls Podcast, um, and Dis Girls email us at Disney Girls Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And if you got this far, and got through that. That's what I bless your soul. And that's what you know. I honestly cannot wait. Time to be moving along. I know. Oh, it's so good. Alright. You ready? Yep. Alright. Have a magical day. Have a magical day with the fox. Little bit of trouble, he's heading for a little bit of danger.
turning around. Hey, Br'er Rabbit, better mend your ways. You're heading for trouble one of these days. Warning this rabbit, I'm afraid it's a waste. He's making his way to the laughing place. He's looking for a little more adventure, but he's heading for a little bit of trouble. He's heading for a little bit of danger. Time to be turning around. Careful, Br'er Rabbit, better mend your ways. You're heading for trouble one of these days. Warning this rabbit, I'm afraid it's a waste. He's making his way to the laughing place. He's heading for a little bit of danger. Time to be turning around. Time to be turning around.